Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. This episode of People Will Steal Anything, Anytime, and Anywhere takes us to Fort Dodge, Iowa, where a man was arrested Tuesday after being found inside a business where he had no business being. Barry Joseph Watts later told officers he was walking along First Avenue in that city, pulling on door handles to see if any place had been left unlocked when he found one. He at first said he was just looking for some place to get warm, but once settled, settled in, thought, hey, I could be stealing stuff here too. Oh, and it looks like that looking for an unlocked door story might have been bogus, as police later learned he was apparently making them become unlocked because he had a set of burglary tools in his possession at the time. Stolen items also found in his possession, cash, a digital camera, a laptop, and about $2,000 of gold teeth. Ooh. <laughs> I hope he's wearing a nylon glove there, Cliff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have an early morning caller, Cliff. Really? How unusual on this program that we yeah. have an early morning caller. Yeah. Let's see what uh, let's see what we got going here this morning. Okay. Hey, this is Bill McRaggett. Hey, long time listener, hey, first time caller. Hey, I'd like to request a little dedication since that's all you do now, Casey McCase, I'm over there. I'd like to hear, hey, dude looks like a lady. And send it out to me, good friend Ralph the Trucker. Okay, we haven't played a song yet, so we're not taking <laughs> requests yet, Cliff. <Yeah. laughs> Perhaps he's referring to the activities that went on yesterday. We did do a lot of those yesterday, didn't we? did do a we? couple, that, yeah. And so now he thinks we're all Casey McCasem. Yeah, I think he's got that a little confused, too. I think it, yeah, so we, we are not going to do that. We're not going to play Dude Looks Like a Lady, and we're not going to throw Truck Driver Ralph under the truck driver bus. Maybe later. Yeah, maybe later, yes. <laughs> Just know that somewhere in a parallel universe, yeah. there's a me that actually knows how to do a radio program. <laughs> somewhere out there, Cliff. Well, Cliff, you got anything? I've been, I bet he has longer arms. <laughs> I he's would got, hope so. I bet if it's a parallel universe and if things are the opposite, he's got frequently long arms. <sighs> Boy, you know how badly I'd like to be known as the man with the freakishly long arms, Cliff. That would be awesome. <laughs> Not everything is for every person, especially dating apps. I don't know if you saw this uh, story. <laughs> I don't really keep up with dating apps. Well, this story was all over the place. I don't know how you yeah. missed this. There was a woman yeah. that signed up for a dating app called Hinge. Okay. And after she did all of the questionnaire and all of that stuff, yeah. it said her perfect match mm -hmm. was her brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she was looking for a date, and the computer said, you should go out with your brother. That's what it said, yeah. He is perfect for you. That was on the app Hinge. I'm okay. thinking perhaps, Cliff, she needs to wander over to the uh, Alabamans only match. <laughs> and she might have a little bit better luck That's there. That's right. Woo. As much as we talk about people stealing anything, anytime and anywhere, we also have to remember that there are those who will try to make cheap copies of expensive products, which is, in effect... Stealing twice. First, stealing the design of the brand name for the counterfeit item, and then stealing from the purchaser who might very well think they're getting the real deal. In fact, Forbes magazine estimates the sale of counterfeit and pirated goods totals $1.7 trillion annually worldwide. That's more than illegal drugs and human trafficking. 
and about 5 million jobs are lost at legitimate manufacturers because of the counterfeit production. All that being said, the best wristwatch I ever owned was a Rolex that I bought out of a briefcase from a dude on Canal Street in New York City in 1990 for 20 bucks. I ran out three batteries in that watch, and it'd probably still work today, except for the fall I took off a ladder in 1998 that nearly broke my arm, but I digress. Because the sale of counterfeit and pirated goods is, in fact, big business, law enforcement efforts to try to stop it are as well, as evidenced by this bust in Chesapeake, Virginia. Homeland security officials say their teams raided a ship arriving from China earlier this week and confiscated a large amount of contraband, which will now be destroyed because it's not the real deal. In this particular instance, the raid captured 5,000 fake karaoke machines. My question is, how do you tell a real karaoke machine from a fake one? I mean, it's not like a Gucci purse. It's a box with a speaker and a microphone and probably a CD player built in. What, do all the songs have the singer's voice included so you can't sing? Maybe, just maybe, that's the karaoke machine that we all need. I've heard a lot of fake singers at a karaoke bar before, Cliff. They're like, ooh. And I'm sure this condition, Cliff, has a name. I don't know what that name is, but you hear people, They, uh, for some reason, they have the compulsion to swallow things that normally don't belong in your stomach, whether it's rocks or dirt or something like that. And this story comes out of India where a man over there had the compulsion to swallow metal objects. And the surgery took a lot longer than they thought it was going to take. There was dozens of metal objects in this guy's stomach. (laughs) And then the worst fear all of us have of having an operation besides, you know, surviving it is waking up in the middle of it. And that's what this guy did (laughs) right in the middle of surgery. So like the uh, anesthesia wore off. Yes. (laughs) Because they weren't anticipating dozens of metal things in this guy's gut. They just just thought they were going to get one, basically. Two or three, maybe, but not what they found. And so this dude wakes up and, of course, swallowed two scalpels and a stethoscope (laughs) while he got up. (laughs) I was thinking on the way to work this morning, Cliff. I uh, actually stuck on my mittens and drove into... I haven't had mittens on in a long, long time. And I'll say one thing about mittens. You can't grab anything. I could hardly grab anything in my car. (laughs) They are warm, but you can't grab anything with them. But I was thinking, Cliff, as I was driving in, stuff that scares you now once you're an adult that when you were a kid didn't Mm -hmm. bother you in the least little bit. A couple of mine are jumping from a height higher than about a foot. When you were a kid... Boy, you would jump off of anything. Oh, I would look for things to jump off of. And now? And now? (laughs) Do you even think about jumping off of anything? No, because I know what's going to happen to my knees when I hit the ground. (laughs) Exactly. You get up about four foot and you're like on a ladder. Yeah. If I fall off of there here, it's going to be destruction. (laughs) When you're a kid, you take a header off of that thing and think it's fun. I'm going to do a flip off this ladder before I, whenever I land. And something else, Cliff, that scares yeah. you as an adult, and when you were yeah. a kid, it didn't bother you, yeah. and that's losing a tooth. When oh, yeah, you're... because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're a kid and you lose a tooth, it's going to grow a new one. <laughs> There's a new one coming right behind. And if you've ever lost a tooth, like eating, yeah. as I did a few years ago yeah. at the uh, Vandenberg County Fair, yeah. you think... 
the West Virginia chromosomes have taken over your body, and you're going to start losing <laughs> all of your teeth as you every time you eat. Have you have you lost a tooth doing that, Cliff? Uh, I have not, <laughs> but I can imagine the fear that would fall upon you. <laughs> oh, it scares you to death. You think there's got to be something wrong with me? <laughs> so nobody's going to go. You got a pretty mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like I need to start filming deliverance is what i need to start doing don't touch your face don't touch your face don't touch it at all every time i turn on the tv cliff i see a doctor telling me that i know this yeah it's been so long since i've touched my face my face thinks i'm touching another face behind its back i'm to the point where i'm wearing latex gloves when i take a shower and it's a little bit freaky cliff that's a little strange i'm I'm afraid to touch anything i'm like I'm not touching nothing. Are you that way, or is it just me, Cliff? No, I think it's just you. You don't shower with latex gloves? No, because I'm using soap, which is, you know, one of the things they say you should use to kill germs. Do you touch your face? Well, yeah, when I'm in the shower with soap. No, I mean, like, right now, this morning, have you touched your face one time? Well, probably, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, Cliff, I know you've been dying to do this, and we're going to do it around 8.12 this morning. You um, <laughs> you turned into Mr. Creeper. I did, yeah. I, and I wanted to make sure before we talked about this publicly that everyone was cool in the end. <laughs> because while it was going on, it was not all that cool. <laughs> we, the coronavirus we've all suffered through this year has not only affected our personal lives, it's left government at all level, levels struggling to cover their bills as well. Streets still be have to still have to be paved after all and now that it's winter snow's going to have to be plowed but in some areas of the country money to pay for those services slim because tax assessments are drying up so many a local government has also turned to a federal aid program to help keep the city lights on like forest lake minnesota city leaders there got one and a half million dollars in federal aid under the cares act and quickly went to work surviving the pandemic In the required spending report later, the mayor said that they spent $150,000 on building modifications to aid in social distancing, which is technically true because they spent all that money tearing down the old clubhouse at the municipally owned golf course and then building a bigger one so all the golfers could stand farther apart while they bought their balls and paid their greens fees. (laughs) And they think it's money well spent, don't they? Yeah, they do, absolutely. I bet they do. Yeah. Well, Cliff, are you ready with your um, story that's creepy yes. but not meant to be creepy? <laughs> um, yeah. A unique string of events yesterday morning placed me in a spot I had no desire to be in. Now, as most folks know, I do my portion of this program from my photo studio on the Princeton Square, and I arrive at this location at 4.30 a.m. in the dark to get ready. Now, what people might not know is that the parking area is adjacent to an alley that runs right next to the Princeton Public Library, and it was in that alley where I found myself as if I were in a scene in the middle of a horror movie. Yesterday, I arrived as usual with my dog alongside, and after we got out of the car in the dark and light snow, he wandered over to the library grass, as he does, to do his business. It was then that I saw her, a woman standing in the library window, peering at me, silhouette mostly, staring. I waved to her, but never received a reply as she continued to stare at my figure, black leather jacket, dark pants, 
under the streetlight in the otherwise darkness. I was technically waiting on my dog, but it didn't take long to realize one of us, either the woman in the window or myself, felt like the other was the villain in the scene from a horror movie. My fate was assured when I noticed that my dog was getting ready to uh, do his thing. And then I found myself standing in the darkness, black leather and dark pants, holding a shovel. <laughs> to clean up after my dog, of course. <laughs> but I was later described by the library's cleaning crew as the creepy dude waving in the dark who then went to get a shovel. <laughs> Which apparently is not a good look. <laughs> so what did you do with the shovel, Clue? What do you think I did with the shovel? I cleaned up the dog's poop. Oh, I thought you buried <laughs> something there. No. 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 Oh. I scooped up his poop. That wasn't okay. creepy at all. That was just... Well, I mean, the dog was had wandered off into the dark. I don't think the, the cleaning lady had any idea that I was standing, waiting on my dog to do his business. I think she thought I was just standing in the darkness, holding a shovel. <laughs> it's kind of giving me the creeps already, Cliff, <laughs> just thinking about it. Ooh. Cliff, can you do me a favor here real quick? Sure. Can you promise never to have a story like you or a creepy story after the 8 o'clock news again? <laughs> You've caused a lot of work for me this morning. A lot of work? Yes. What are you talking about? A, a lot, lot of work. folks have been texting in about your creep yeah. story up at the library, and lots yeah. of folks have been calling in. I've been uh, busy as can be here ever since that story, and I think, Cliff, yeah. that mm -hmm. Phil, of all people, speaks <laughs> for all of us this Phil morning. Phil McCracken? Yes. <laughs> And leave it to Cliff uh, to not only be a, a peeping Tom, but to uh, bring it all back around to where it has to do with poop. I knew it was going to end up with poop. <laughs> he knew it, Cliff. I knew it was going to end up with poop. <laughs> so don't ever think, Cliff, that our 11 wonderful listeners don't get you right down to the essence there. <laughs> because as Phil says... I knew it was going to end up with poop. It always does. That's right. That's right. It always well, it's good to be. It's good to be number two in everyone's book. So. <laughs> there you go. I've been doing some thinking here about this, um, a way yeah. to cash in on a Christmas. And it's too late this year to cash in. Well, but I'm <laughs> thinking this weekend I might get into yeah. my uh, basement and get into my uh, lab coat and safety glasses. Okay. You know, the Elf on the Shelf's been around for a long, long time, and it's been selling in the millions every year. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's mm -hmm. a touch, for my taste, a little bit expensive. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking of creating a cheaper version of this. A cheaper version. Yes. I'm going to call mine Veg on the Ledge. I want you to think about this, Cliff, how scary... Veg on the Ledge. Okay, go ahead. How scary this would be that yeah. every night when you go to sleep, a single green bean is moved <laughs> around from place to place in your home, and that's the Veg on the Ledge. I think I can sell a whole bunch of those and, you know, yeah. put it at nineteen ninety five. And you said, you know, one <laughs> one can of green beans is like 99 no. cents. So you can buy a can of green beans and open them up and then package them as individual beans and sell them as veg on the ledge. Yes. Do you think this will work, Cliff? <laughs> no, it won't. No? Would you... you know, where you where you're gonna go buy your source product at? Yes, the cans of green beans. 
everyone else can go buy them there too. So if they wanted to make their own veg on the ledge, they could just go to the grocery store and buy a can of green beans. Well, good. Yeah, blow it for me then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Cliff, I kind of put this off a little bit. Wasn't going to do it, but um, okay. after looking through our Facebook page, Weed and Cliff in the morning, I I have to do this now. You know, we haven't what is it? we haven't done the game yet about the uh, Christmas song challenge where I pick a song and one of our listeners picks a song and oh, we yeah. have a little game and the winner gets their song played. Right. On our Facebook page, there's the question that says, I hope I get a blank for Christmas this year. <laughs> yeah. And Joe Bean typed in earlier this morning, yep. I hope... That we get a person that can win so that we don't have to listen to a wham sing a Christmas song anymore on this program. <laughs> which was pretty good of Joe to say that. Yeah. And so I'm I mean, thinking, Cliff, yeah. this time instead of doing Hallmark movies or mm-hmm. song lyrics, I'm going to ask you a question. One question about a very famous Christmas movie that everyone has seen. And you're just going to have to come up with the right number. That's it. You come up with the right number, boom, you win. We play your favorite Christmas song. If you don't come up with the right number, seeing as how Joe did not care for Wham, Mm. I brought out the nuclear bomb of Christmas songs. The nuclear bomb of Christmas songs. It is so nuclear, it's 33 seconds long. That's it? That's it. So we could, yes, so... You know how bad that's going to be, Cliff, if it's only 33 seconds long. Yes. All right, Cliff, we've got a contestant. Let's go okay. to the phone line. Here we go. All right. Hi, who's this? Ken Claridge. All right, where are you from, Ken? Petersburg. All right, Kent. Um, are you ready for this? I guess so. We'll see. All right. Which song would you like to put up? Oh, Holy Night. Oh, Holy Night. That's a great okay. selection, Kent. I love that song myself, and... Since she won The Masked Singer last night, we picked out Leanne Rimes' version, okay? Okay. All right. I'm going to give you this uh, question. You give me the correct number, and we're going to hear Leanne Rimes, all right? Okay. How many ghosts show up in A Christmas Carol, Kent? Three. Well, no, four. Four. Well, hold on now. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> now what do we do, Cliff? Now what do we do? <laughs> do we take the first answer, Cliff, or do we take the second answer? Well, I mean, it's he, like that. You, if we play like the, uh, you know, who wants to be a millionaire game, he has to declare his final answer. Is that your final answer for? Yes, it is. You're sure of this? Yes, it is. Can you name the ghosts? <laughs> uh, Farley, past, present, and future. You are a good man, Kent. You know your music, and I am glad you didn't have us play the 33-second one that I picked out. Excellent job, Kent. Thanks for playing this morning, and thanks for listening. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. This is a little bit scary one, Cliff. (laughs) Well, I think... Haven't we been scared enough already today? I I think we have. Well, (laughs) if I'd have played that Christmas tune I had picked out, we would have all been scared. Good thing Kent won. But, Cliff, at some point in time, all of us have heard that uh, we're all eating tiny fragments and pieces of plastic. Oh, the uh, microplastics. But there's no way, I don't think any of us thought it was this much plastic. Okay. The World Wildlife Federation came out with a study that found all of us consume a credit card's worth of plastic every week. A week. Every week. 
Every week, we're basically eating a credit card in plastic. Yes. Picture every Sunday you sit down with a credit card, a knife, and a fork, and you eat the entire thing. That's what our lives are, Cliff. Uh, Yeah. Every Mm -hmm. single week. Yeah. And in your lifetime, they're estimating you will eat the equivalent of two dumpsters full of plastic. (laughs) Now, the scientists are saying, Cliff, they don't know if the microplastic affects our health yeah but it can't be good for you to be eating plastic i I wouldn't think i guess you know if it wasn't just passing through your system we would know because you know every week we'd be a credit card size bigger so you know 52 credit cards in your stomach would you know that'd show up so it must just go on out the way it comes what it does while it's in there we don't know yet but it probably just passes on through the system that's hard to believe, Cliff. Every yes. week, credit card in, credit card out, just like an ATM machine. <laughs> but all of that you can take sadly to the bank, Cliff. So if I'm going to sit down for Sunday dinner and eat a credit card, can I get some ketchup to go with that? I would dip a little ketchup on, maybe some yeah. mustard too. Cliff, today is maple syrup day. I'm sure it's a big hit in Canada, maple syrup day. <laughs> I'm well, just sitting. Any, yeah, I'm just anywhere. <laughs> I'm just wondering, Cliff. Yeah. At some point in time, how hungry yeah. was the guy that drilled into a tree and drank the tree blood to see how good it tasted? <laughs> I mean, you got to be really hungry to do that, well, don't you think? I mean, <laughs> I've never looked at I mean, a tree and thought about drilling it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm sure you've looked at a lot of things and thought about drilling, but that's a different story. I've never done that. It's not tree blood; it's tree sap. Well, it's kind of like blood, isn't it? Well, I mean, okay, it's kind of like blood, but it's at some point you're like, you know, basically the only way to get maple syrup is to take the sap and, I don't know, boil it for like, I don't know, three days. So whoever was sucking on the tree going, you know, I think there might be something here, but we're onto it. Let's collect all this liquid and boil it for three days. I mean, yeah. how do we get from down that line of succession until we got jar of maple syrup it's amazing that somebody came up with that <laughs> you know how many trees oh, did you have to drill before you realized that, <laughs> that that oak is horrible you know <laughs> cliff anything said today uh, yeah okay all right i'm just curious <laughs> you, i mean you you asked that like you didn't think we had anything to i say don't today. think we do but <laughs> apparently we do morning roadshow phrases of the day start with number three in a parallel universe you'd have freakishly long arms <laughs> And you'd also be doing good radio. That, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw that in there, too, yeah. Number two, I knew it was going to end up with poop. <laughs> Thank you, Phil McCracken, for that one. <laughs> the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, standing in the darkness, holding a shovel. <laughs> I was like I was in a scene from a horror movie, and I was the villain. <laughs> But my dog just had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> kind of a letdown after that, isn't it, Cliff? It was kind of, yeah. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.